And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Greenlight Reviews, where we talk about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. Today, Ann, we're going to review a Martin Scorsese movie. Mm -hmm. It's called Hugo. Mm -hmm. It takes place in 1930, filmed mostly inside a railroad station in Paris. Hugo, played by Asa Butterfield, who is about 10 or 11 years old, I guess, he lives in the railroad station, and it is his job, although nobody knows about it, to keep the clocks running. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the film is shot inside these clocks, and it's quite spectacular to look at. His uncle has died, Mm -hmm. so nobody is there to take care of the clock, so he does so. And of course, to live, he has to steal. And (laughs) he winds up stealing something from the little dinky toy shop of a man named Georges Méliès, played by Ben Kingsley. Mm-hmm. Sir Ben Kingsley. Sir Ben Kingsley, excuse me. <laughs> right. Of course, George hates the little boy because he's a thief and tries to get him arrested. And of course, the police inspector on board here is Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. He is the station inspector and he is chasing the little kid for much of the film with his Doberman. <sighs> okay, so at <laughs> one point, when Hugo tries to steal something, he is forced to empty his pockets and George takes his notebook, which looks very, very interesting to him. It didn't to me, but it looked very, very interesting to him. And he said, I'm going to keep this notebook and I'm going to take it home and burn it. Mm -hmm. And so Hugo follows him home to try to stop this. And there he meets a little girl who lives with this older man and his wife. Her name is Isabel. She Mm -hmm. is played by Chloe Grace Moretz. She's a very good actress and she is just about the best thing in this movie. They become friends and it gets very very, very involved because eventually they find out that George, the old man, mm-hmm. Papa George, as she calls him, is actually a man who really did live. His name is George Méliès. He was one of the earliest filmmakers mm-hmm. way back in 1910. A true pioneer. Absolutely. And we do see snippets from his old films within this Martin Scorsese film. And thinking that they did this a hundred years ago mm. is just startling. It is. This is a very interesting picture. It's a very adventurous movie from the genius Martin Scorsese, something that for me woulda, coulda, shoulda been a great picture. It is in many ways a spectacular fantasy, but unfortunately for me, Scorsese spent way too much time developing the 3D aspects of this film, which are wonderful and much to the detriment, I think, of the actors. For me, most of the acting was fairly robotic, And as you mentioned, the character of the young Isabel is about the most exciting performance in the film. For me, Ben Kingsley as Georges, Papa Georges, and then Sasha Baron Cohen as the French policeman running through the film and chasing this Hugo. They were very brittle, very uninteresting characters. They were one-dimensional, and that really, really almost sabotaged the film. I got to thinking that what if I had seen this film in two-dimension? I would have really asked for my money back because I think the film is really dull, except 
for the fantastic world that Scorsese has built, and he has augmented it with the incredible cinematography. Believe me, this movie is worth your 3D price of admission. I think so, too. Looking at it as a dramatic film, nothing much happens for the first hour and a half. There is not that much action going on. Frankly, I was nodding off. I was loving all the shots, all the cinematography. Yes, the optical effects are just phenomenal. And if you care about movies, Mm -hmm. if you care about the technical part of movies, you must go see this film. You must go see it in 3D. Otherwise, it's going to bore you senseless. You have to tip your hat to Martin Scorsese for doing this. However, looking back at Scorsese's work on Raging Bull Mm -hmm. and Goodfellas and The Betrayed, where he worked and brought so much greatness out in his actors, he doesn't do it in this film. No, I'm saying that he devoted his energies and his great abilities as a director to the direction of the optical effects and the cinematography and the 3D. And he kind of pretty much ignored all of the actors who were performing in this film. Emily Mortimer plays a lovely flower girl who's supposed to have a little romance with the French police inspector. That really doesn't go anywhere. The thing about this movie was that we were supposed to be viewing this train station through the eyes of young Hugo, all the little stories that were going on, because he was upstairs hiding in the clocks and looking out and spying and seeing who was going with who and what daytime adventures were going on, what little dramas happened between this person and that person, all the little moments of French life that occurred in the 1930s. And that should have been one charming vignette after another. And as such, unfortunately, what Scorsese does is he just allows those potential moments for bitter sweetness to just evaporate and instead puts all of his time and energies into these colossal 3D moments, of which there are many, and those are worth the price of admission. I love the shots of the train roaring down the tracks with the steam coming out and coming right towards the audience. He does so many subtle things with the mechanics of the clocks and how they work. And then, of course, there's the addition of a mechanical robot man that has come into Hugo's life. He owns this robot. And in order to get the robot to work, he has to find a key that will fit into the back of the robot. And then once he turns it, that will then activate the robot who holds a pen, fountain pen in his hand. And the excitement of that sequence is that once that robot is activated, a message will be written out by this robot that will kind of unlock a bigger mystery to this whole film. Now, that's all good, juicy stuff. It's just that I didn't think the movie gelled except as a 3D fantasy adventure. You're right, Anne. You know, there are so many great scenes in it. The one that I like best, Hugo, used to go into movie theaters. And at one point, he and Isabel sneak into a movie Uh theater without paying. And they watch an old film with Harold (laughs) Lloyd, which I'm very familiar with. Of course, it's a classic. And we all remember the scene where Harold Lloyd is outside a building. Yes. Hanging 
off the hand of a clock. Correct. Which was so wonderful. It's an and iconic so image. And so uh-huh. funny. And of course, because Hugo is being chased by the station inspector later in the film, uh-huh. he does the same thing. Yes, and that, that was, was very kind of charming. Exciting. You know, I said there are so many great scenes. Wonderful parts of anything do not necessarily translate into a wonderful whole. And in this film, unfortunately, it does not. There's very little mirth in this film, very little humor. yes. And I think that's because the two main characters, and that would be Sir Ben Kingsley's character as Papa Georges and Sacha Baron Cohen as the French policeman, I think that they were rather charmless in their presentation. They were either pompous, and then they became repetitious. And in Sir Ben Kingsley's case, he was very somber throughout the film. And in fact, I thought that they struck all the wrong notes. All of the actors did. They were really as though playing in a different movie. And that doesn't make this film sing. And that's what Hugo should have been. It should have been that kind of movie where you came out dancing and smiling and singing. But for me, I just came out thinking, wow, that was a great 3D experience, period. Absolutely. You know, Ben Kingsley playing Papa George, for much of the film, he is very sad and he's very frustrated because he knows that once he was a very, very important Filmmaker. artistic filmmaker. Correct. That is correct. And now he's broke and he's forgotten attending uh-huh. a store. And so he's very sad and very bitter about it. But what he does with this role and is allowed to do with this role is he's coming off as a very mean, unpleasant old man. Yeah, mean-spirited. I agree yes. with you. And once I saw him right from the very beginning of the film, I thought, ah, is he going to get softer and more mellow? And not until the last two minutes of the film does he do so. It's a long film, by the way. It's two hours and 20 minutes long. And for me, it was too long. So for that reason, Anne, I'm going to give it a yellow light. If you're interested in the 3D process, if you're interested in looking at something, that's great. If you're interested in being entertained by a movie, mm, not quite. I agree with you on this film completely, Less, If you're a real film buff, Hugo holds some wonderful moments and will certainly please the cinephile in your family, but you want to make sure that that cinephile goes to see this movie in 3D first. I'm not so sure that this movie will hold so many pleasures in 2D. So for that reason, Hugo rates a yellow light from me. So... I'm very sorry to say, two yellow lights for Hugo. Oh boy, we will be back to review another movie very, very soon. We love doing that, whether the movie is great or terrible or in between. We just love the movies. Until that time, my name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that you yourself will be in 3D the next time you go and have a great time at the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. 
Yeah, yeah, right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.